Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. And my guest today is Elizabeth Phillips. And we're going to learn a little bit more about Elizabeth and how she got interested in being a part of the motorsports community. So, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. And let's start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, where you live, your age, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, thank you, Melinda. Um, I'm from Bixby, Oklahoma. I'm 16. I race 305 sprint cars, midgets, and 600cc outlaw micros with Power Eye National. Um, I have a sister, and then me and my dad and my mom, I run our family-owned sprint car and micro, and then I run a midget for Dave Mack Motorsports, which is a very close family friend also, so that's it's pretty cool to be involved in that. Um, we run the sprint car most weekends that we're not in the micro and midget. So that's what we're looking forward to this coming up weekend is two days of the sprint car. Okay, awesome. So you're 16 years old. How many years have you been racing? This is my ninth year racing. I've been racing since I was seven. Okay, so you started pretty young, and what, what was the first kind of car? Where, where did you start? I know you probably didn't start in a sprint car. What did you start with? So, no, I didn't start in a sprint car. This is actually my first year in a sprint car. I started in a junior sprint at Port City Raceway, and that was just kind of where it started. I ran those for three years pretty fun won a couple races here and there um, we traveled a little bit with it not very far and then I moved up to a restrictor a, a 600a class engine with a restrictor plate in it I ran that for about three years too and then I moved up to a class and I only ran about oh 10 races or so in a class and we moved up to outlaw one weekend just kind of out of the blue there's a really big race and my dad's like hey, we don't have anybody to run our outlaw car. Like, let's put your seat in, change the pedals, and let's go racing. Just on a Wednesday before we needed to leave the next morning. And so we put my seat in, me and a couple of the guys at the shop, changed the pedals out. And, of course, my nerves were super high because I had been in an A-class car for 10 races and didn't know what to think. And so we went out there for practice night, and I – had Harley Holland and Frank Flood right next to me on the grid to go out for practice <laughs> and Frank looks over at my dad and he was like wasn't wasn't she a guy last week because we actually had the guy that letters all of our cars running our outlaw car there for a while and so it was good we were actually one spot out of making the 20,000 to win show on Saturday so we made really good ground for our first weekend being out but it was a lot of fun on my favorite track at Sweet Springs so that was fun to have a lot of fans there watching me make my debut in Outlaw and racing against the best in the country and being able to be just as competitive as they were. That's pretty, that's, that's really very exciting. And it's kind of amazing to think that that was how you fared the first time out. Um, do you think that maybe your age, you, you don't have as many nerves? I know you're probably nervous, but do you think being younger, you don't have all those fears that maybe if you were older, you would have just jumping into a car and, and saying, here we go. You know, 
sometimes I think that because there's just like crazy things that happen and just a couple weeks ago we ran a pretty big track here in Oklahoma and it's called Outlaw Motor Speedway and it's really fast and I've never ran that big of a track before I started on the front row of our heat race you know had some really good guys in my heat race so I fell back a little bit and that, you know, I always want to go out and do the best I can and learn every time I'm on the track. But also, I had in that moment had to be smart about how I was driving my car not to hit another car, get in a wreck with another car, destroy my car, or somebody else's car with that high of speeds, because you don't know what comes next. And there was actually a wreck two heat races before mine in the first heat race where his steering broke and he flipped and it um, broke his torque tube in between his legs and actually broke one of his legs. And so that kind of was a little bit of a, this is your first time to this track. You need to make sure you're making smart moves. And so I think we fell back to about fifth or sixth in the heat race. It put us starting uh, 20th in the feature, I believe. And maybe 21st. And in the feature, I got more comfortable. Those 25 laps we had to run, you know, we ran consistently. There were only a couple of cautions and I ended up making it back up to 11th. So that was pretty good. I was the second highest to pass cars. There's one other guy that passed 15 and I ended up passing 11. So that was really cool. You know, we've ran, I think we counted after that weekend, we had ran sprint car show since March so I really feel like we've came a long way and we're showing that we're competitive even though we're going back and forth from the sprint car to midgets to micros just kind of every other weekend it's a different car we're in or pulling double duty with one or the other so it's you know to be able to be competitive with guys that do this every weekend for a living it's pretty cool yeah that is and and do you think is it hard to go from one car to the other, you know the cars well enough that you just jump in and you know you you know I'm in this kind of car. This is how it's going to work. I would think that jumping back and forth would be a little tough. So definitely, I would say you know it's a learning curve. Of course, you know like between the sprint car and the midget, say the sprint car has a big wing that carries you through the corner and the midget doesn't. So we had in the sprint car a couple weekends about a month ago and then I went straight into power ice speed week which I actually pulled double duty with the micro and the midget so just running two all right midgets was pretty difficult to run between both cars you know having to jump in between one car if something was wrong with the other car you know trusting my guys that I explained it well enough to them that they're going to understand and be able to fix it so I can go run this race and come back and jump back in this car and it's going to be fixed because you know I'm telling them what was wrong with it as I'm getting in another car trying to figure out you know is this car set up good is this car how it's going to be did the track change in between heat races and between hot laps so you know during power ice speed week it was a little hectic to say running my first ever midget debut um was actually Thursday at Charleston that was my first night running double duty and we did pretty good I think we started 23rd ended up 13th so not terrible I'm running against some of the best guys in the country with Power Eye National um so you know not terrible 
we then we went to Lincoln, didn't make the show at Lincoln, but we made good laps. And that's just kind of what we were focusing on that whole week was not making a features was just making good laps, you know, figuring out the car, figuring out if I like running the midget better, you know, the wing stuff, or if I like it comparable. And so we actually ended up at Jacksonville. So we were unable to finish the week in the micro. So we were able to focus on the midget and be better in the midget. And we had, you know, we had a couple rough nights there, middle of speed week in the midget, but we were able to rebound and we came back at Fayette County, made the feature, did pretty good in our heat race that night. Um, just kind of got caught up on something on the first lap that we couldn't really help because we were buried a little deep in the feature. But my guys, all the Keith Coons guys, I mean, I had so many people helping me in the work area to get my car back together and back on the track. And unfortunately, you know, after I... I took a little roll down the front stretch, the, the first lap, of, or down the back stretch, the first lap of that feature, and uh, it bent a radius rod pretty bad and bent the nerf bar into the right rear, so those guys really had to work fast to get the radius rod changed and the nerf bar out of the right rear, but the car just wasn't running the same, so about middle of the race, I just decided there's a lot of people wrecking out of this race right now not making smart decisions. We're just going to go ahead and pull off, save the car, you know, save me from getting in another, what could have been worse, what could have been better wreck. And so I just felt that was really smart of me to save everybody a little bit of build a whole new car. And so, you know, we uh, had a talk after midget week and, you know, talked about our highs and lows. And I really think that we made some good ground we're talking about double duty with the sprint car and midget this weekend Friday night at Meeker so I think that would really be good we're looking forward to running Chili Bowl this year so just as many laps as we can get um, before Chili Bowl is honestly just going to be the best thing for us so we can improve and compete the best we can at Chili Bowl. Yeah that's you've had a lot going on just sitting here listening to you talk about that it's it just seems like wow you've you've had a busy summer already and and you know making that decision to pull off when you see people you know kind of being honest here people being stupid on the track the last thing you want to do is get caught up into that so pulling off and saving the car saving yourself and being like okay you know we don't have to race um in that kind of a situation you know that makes makes a whole lot of sense and for a girl that's only 16 that was a pretty right decision yeah so um USAC had their mid-american midget week this past week and weekend and they started in Oklahoma at a track called Red Dirt Raceway in Meeker Oklahoma is where I'll be running Friday night and and you know I kind of watched the whole week on flow and I went uh I went Tuesday night to watch because my teammate Cannon McIntosh was racing. So I went out there to watch them and there's just, you know, crazy thing, crazy things happen. Leaders come up on lap cars and unfortunately enough for Kaylee Bryson, she was leading and man, I really thought that she was going to get that first USAC win and make history there. And unfortunately she got in contact with a lap car and that ended her night, which 
you know, is really hard for a girl to look at another girl and be like, you're about to make history. And uh, especially being at an Oklahoma track, that's kind of like a home track to us and knowing each other, you know, and somebody that just was running their race and there wasn't really anything you can do about it. It's a racing deal, but, you know, sucks on both parts. Both of their nights were ended there and a win was taken away from Kaylee. But it's just, you know, all week, those guys, everybody's stuff's just so good and so even right now that everybody's really pushing that last inch to make that win, to get that next spot in position, if it's for their points, if it's for big money, if it's just to to finish a spot ahead for a hard charger, you know, everything right now in midget racing is really, really even. And so, there's some really hard racing happening. There's, you know, some racing deals happening. And then there's probably some deals that are, I could have led up there and try to get in the next lap, but just didn't. And, you know, and then there's just those races that go green to checkered that are great, you know, just slide job racing and great races all together that it's just crazy that you can go from, having you know 10 cautions and one 25 30 lap feature and then the next night go green to checkered on the same track it's really it's honestly amazing to watch but it's so crazy yeah and it's also fun to be a part of I'm sure so Elizabeth what are some yes. that you you know what's on your bucket list where would you like to run Man, I mean, there's a lot of places that I'm just like, how cool would it be to run there? Um, You know, a lot of places are just really big to run at, and we haven't quite expanded to the bigger tracks in the sprint car and in the midget yet, but I want to run Little Belleville in the sprint car. It's a pretty big track, but it's, I've heard awesome stories videos I want to run devil's bowl I've gone there with ASCS working in their staging and working with them and just seeing you know amazing races go on there and not only do I want to go there to race for myself I want to go there to see you know the fan outcome at some of these tracks is just Mm -hmm. amazing like this past weekend at the King's Royal at Eldora it was just I watched all weekend even through Sunday and I mean the fan count that they had on Sunday was unreal. I just, you know, fans here are amazing. We get great fan counts at almost every track we've been to, but, you know, shows like World of Outlaws and USAC, their fan counts are just shoulder to shoulder, packed in the stands as many as they can get in there. And to me, I think that's what really sticks out to me the most is look at all these fans that came to support you. So now we need to put on a good show for this. Yeah, so I was in Eldora, I want to say two years ago, must have been 2019, I think my husband and I went there, and it's definitely shoulder to shoulder, and amazing racing, and we just absolutely loved it, and so that is definitely a track I think that is on most people's bucket list, I think Knoxville is another one that's on a lot of bucket lists, which I happen to be going to Iowa this weekend. And I'm excited because I've never been to Knoxville. And uh, 
I'm going out to hang out with my friend Lori Cutter and we're going to do some things um, racing related this weekend. And so that's going to be fun. I'm going to have my first experience at Knoxville. And there's just so many good tracks all over the country. I mean, you could just travel far and wide and, and just have the best time racing. So what is it about racing that you love the most? I mean, everything, honestly, but truly I love the family that you like make with the other drivers and their families and their crew guys. And just, it's just like the work area, you know, all those crews that, you know, might not be your crew, but they're there helping you as much as they can to get you back on that track because they know how much it means to you. And to me, that really sticks out that, you know, some of these guys could just sit there and watch and, you know, say it's not my car, not my problem. But a lot of them, you know, what can I do? What are you missing? What do you need? Like what needs fixed? What all's broken? Or just looking at the car, going to get parts from their mules, from our mules, you know, just whatever it is to get you back on the track. And after the race, if they got parts on our car, that's theirs. Or, you know, we had parts on our car or on their cars that were ours we'll get them back after the race, not to worry about it, not a big deal. Like to me, that really sticks out that the owners of those teams have really, really shown their crew guys and even their drivers that may not have made the main how to be a team leader mm. and, and jump in even whenever it seems like your worst enemies in the work area, you don't want to help them. You don't care about them getting back on the track. You're glad they wrecked out, you know, however it may be, but you still help them to get back on the track because you're not on the track. So help them to finish that next position up, help them to get those points. And if it's their leading national points or they're running for rookie of the year, they were hard charger in the race and got taken out, hit a tire, you know, whatever it is, blew a tire. That was a lot of things, you know, that happened to Eldora, crazy, crazy wrecks, mm -hmm. but every time they went to the work area and, you know, showed it on Dirt Vision, that's one thing about Dirt Vision I love. They have the camera in the work area with Chase Rodman, and he does a great job explaining, you know, what's going on in the work area. So Sunday, a bunch of those guys during the feature blew right rears, and he was right there in the work area. As soon as they took that tire off, he was reporting, hey, there's, you know, a blue this tire just didn't have tread on it, you know, all those things. And so really, I just, I love the sport for the family you make, the fans that you connect with. And those fans always seem to, you know, follow where you're racing, come to the track that's near them, buy shirts, buy any merchandise you guys have. And for us, like, that's a really big deal. We love to connect with fans. We love to do giveaways, do, you know, all kinds of stuff. One of my favorite tracks is Sweet Springs up in Missouri. And almost every time there, we do a giveaway of shirts, you know, just a couple of shirts here and there. And I've grown a lot of fans there that every time I'm in Sweet Springs, you know, they come and buy another shirt. If it's, you know, a sprint car or a midget shirt and I'm running the micro or whatever, they love to support us. And I love that so we can put on a good show for them. Yeah. So how far is it for you to go to Missouri from where you live in Oklahoma? So it's about five and a half hours. So it's not too bad. 
to drive up there and we go up there a couple times a year we'll be up there in October for a big race called the show me showdown that we've ran Uh, I think this will be our sixth year running it consecutively so it's pretty awesome I actually last year started on the front row of the deal and had a racing deal got taken out the first lap by the second place car and so you know penalties were made we were both sent to the back and ended up driving back up to fifth or sixth I finished third the first night so that set us really good in the show for Saturday night um we were in a pill draw and ended up drawing the number one pill starting on the pole so that was pretty cool to be like surrounded by all these drivers and my first you know six months of outlaw racing where you know I started my outlaw career at that track in July and come October, I'm starting on the pole of one of their biggest races that has 200 plus cars racing there. And so that was really, it was honestly pretty cool for me to be a part of. And then everybody that puts together that track, we have so much, you know, racing family out there. It's just amazing. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. When you start going to a track year after year, you're going to meet not only the people that own and run the track they're going to become family but then a lot of the same people come year after year and you might not see them all summer long until you get to that track and so that that's a great part as well so Elizabeth how does your mom feel about you racing um there's some days that she could you know give or take it definitely it takes up a lot of my time so I'm not home on the weekends hardly ever I'm very thankful that she travel with us and make most of my races you know there's a couple races here or there she's not able to go to due to scheduling conflicts or we had a race a while back in Illinois that she wasn't able to come to my sister had a prom so she stayed home with her but you know I think truly and honestly it's she wants to see me happy and it's what makes me happy. I used to do cheer and dance and I had to quit everything to race. And my dad, you know, I had asked for years and years to race. And I was like, I want a race car. You know, I want a race car. So my dad finally one day was just like, if you want to race, you're going to have to quit cheer, quit dance. You can't do it. You're only going to be able to race. And so, you know, my next practices, I just walked in there and I was like, I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm gonna be a race car driver so nobody really believed me at first I didn't really believe that um they were serious about it to say and then I got surprised with my first junior sprint and that was really cool they kept asking you know what color do you want it to be what do you want your number to be and I haven't always been OAE I actually used to be ADE because David McIntosh is who I got into racing with and Cannon and Jace, his two sons. And so, you know, we've been going out watching them for so long. And that's how I got the love for racing. My sister would always go play behind the stands with the other kids and try to come get me to play. And I'm like, no, I'm busy watching races. Like I can't. And so that to me just really, we came out with my first junior sprint. It was black and pink and I was number 80E because I didn't want to be 08 because I didn't want to copy them too much. Yeah. But then my second year of racing, David asked me to join part of the Team 08. 
And so I joined and we changed my colors to white and pink. So we all there for a couple of years had neon car colors and we were, were all 08 something or just Canon's just plain 08. But, you know, that was really cool for me to be able to join them. And now, you know, nine years later, we're here. I'm running a midget for Dave and, you know, we're still just super close family and it's awesome to be able to see Canon grow into what he's grown into for Canon to be there to give me you know, pointers along the way. He's always been great, you know, helping me, telling me what I'm doing wrong, telling me what I'm doing right. If I look good, if I look bad, you know, he'll be honest with me. He'll tell me what I need to change. And that's just, it's super awesome to be a part of all that. But, you know, there's some parts that I'll have a bad night, I'll wreck pretty bad, you know, something will happen. And they'll always ask me, you know, are you ready to quit? Are you ready to give it up? And the answer is always no. A couple of years ago, Back in 2018, I had a pretty scary flip um, down the backstretch at Port City Raceway at one of my actually favorite races, I think. I think it's my favorite race I could run. It was the Donnie Ray Crawford, and um, I flipped pretty scarily about down the backstretch battling for second, a um, couple laps to go in the feature, and ended up having to go to the hospital because I was knocked out, couldn't feel anything, super, super scary, but you know, I was off for about six or eight weeks to heal to make sure I was completely ready to get back in a race car. And so that first weekend after I got back in a race car was really an eye opener. Like, do I really love this sport? That was probably my, what I would say is my scariest wreck. You know, I didn't know what was next once I arrived at that hospital. You know, everything was just such fast pace straight to CT, straight to x-rays, you know, they wanted to cut everything off of me. But of course, I wasn't about to let them cut a brand new race suit off of me. So <laughs> I made them pull it off of me. Probably not my smartest. We, we got it off and I still wear that race suit to this day. I, you know, don't think that I'll ever forget that race. Um, it's super, super special to me. And then two years ago at shootout, I had a pretty bad flip that gave me a almost 90 day concussion that I wasn't sure how I was going to recover from it. I flipped Wednesday of shootout, wasn't, you know, had a headache before I went out for the race, just thought I had a headache, you know, it's everything. So no sleep fast pace, but hurry up and wait during shootout. I took medicine, went to fixing my car. I had more races to run. Uh, so I went out for the B feature Saturday and just kind of could tell something was off that something didn't feel right. And I didn't know if it was a vibration in the car or a vibration in my head. I didn't, you know, something just didn't feel right. So I went ahead and told them, I, you know, I pulled off in the middle of the B feature just to be safe. I went ahead and told them, Hey, we're not going to run anything else. We're anything not right. So I fully went through that car. There was nothing. So we have a week in between shootout and chili bowl, but we're getting ready for chili bowl. We have cars to get ready. We have trailers to clean. We have all this stuff to do. We have to get all the micros back in the shop, measures in the trailer and everything's just so close together. I wasn't really thinking about it, you know, I was going to school that whole week. So I was waking up, going to school, then, you know, straight after school shop to get, 
you know, help the guys as much as I can get cars ready. And uh, Saturday night of Chili Bowl after waking up every morning, going to school, coming home at one or two o'clock in the morning, you know, doing homework, same routine every day, little to no sleep, you know, probably not eating as much as I should, not staying hydrated. Uh, Saturday after Chili Bowl, I knew something was wrong. I started seeing double and stars and just didn't feel real good. Hadn't ate the whole day. I don't drink pop and I had a drink of pop, like just a couple sips and actually ended up throwing up. And I thought that's what it was from. So Sunday, my mom's like, you know, this isn't right. You don't look good. Let's go to an urgent care. We didn't think anything was major. So we went to an urgent care just to get checked out. We didn't think anything was too bad. And pretty thorough, just full body, basically a car accident test. And so when they did that car accident test, they knew something was wrong and actually told my mom that they thought I could have had a brain bleed, that they wanted us to go to the hospital to get a CT and get farther evaluation. So that's what we did. Um, and they come back in and basically say, you know, we don't see a need for you going in an ambulance, but we do see a need for you to go right now, just in case it is urgent. So we went, they were, of course, waiting for us to get there. We get back, we go to CT. We didn't have a brain bleed, but the pediatric that was working in the ER that night um, actually told us that I wasn't allowed to have any screen time, no reading books, complete about two months there, I think. Um, so just got super behind in school, super behind in life, you know, everything. I could sleep. I sat in dark rooms. I didn't know what to do. I had to go to a concussion specialist where I had to do all these tests that were just so frustrating because I couldn't pass them. And I knew, you know, I thought I was better, but they knew I wasn't. And every time we'd go in there, it was, you know, maybe in two weeks, you'll be able to go back racing, maybe, you know, here, here, here. And so finally, I was able to go back to school part time during the week for half days, just still no screen time, able to write, write down all my answers, do all my work on paper. So I was getting caught up. Luckily, the school is very flexible with this injury and able to excuse a lot of things and me do them verbally. So, I mean, that was a pretty big setback and during that time I actually watched a YouTube video McKenna Hassey has about a concussion she got mm -hmm. and how she started her go-kart program she has with the kids and you know that was really eye-opening that she was doing the same thing that I had to do she knew she, her body had to heal and in order for her body to heal she needed to do what the doctors said and so I think it was 87 days after 87 days of my first diagnosis of this concussion, I was cleared to finally race. So that was a pretty big deal. But, you know, things like that, my mom's not a fan of. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, it's what I love to do. And, she, you know, she loves to watch me do it. And so I think I don't think that she would change it for the world. So it's interesting. Um, that's a lot for you to go through, you know, and you're only 16 now. So you must've been about 14, maybe years old at the time, somewhere in there. But, you know, um, there's, there's danger in pretty much any sport. Uh, you know, obviously racing's dangerous and yet racing's has some of the best safety equipment 
you know, roll cages and Hans devices and all these things. Whereas cheerleading, I don't know what position you were on your cheerleading squad, but I was a cheerleading coach for 10 years. And I know that if you're the flyer and you're way up high and you fall, um, you have no protection and it could have been, could be way yeah. worse. And so, um, you know, yes, it's dangerous. Dri getting in your car and driving down the road today is dangerous because there's so many people on their cell phones. My husband rides a motorcycle and, you know, we, we rode it last night just to go have some dinner. And, you know, there's a lady, she just, she's on her phone and she just pulls like out, out right in front of us, you know? So there's, there's danger in life. Let's face it. No, it's not fun what you went through. And, but it was probably a, a good learning experience. Now that you look back to think that, you know, when things happen and you feel that you're not, something's not right, you know, your body, you know, there's something wrong. Um, and then, you know, you know, the dangers that, that are out there and you can be more aware of not getting in situations to cause those kinds of things. Um, have you, have you read or listened right. to Dale Earnhardt's book about, you know, he went, had a concussion. That's a really good book. And it's on audible. If you like to listen instead of read, um, that'd be a really good book for you to read because it's, it's really, it's really good. And uh, all the things that he went through the denial, uh, that he had a concussion and all those things. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's something you can share with other people and they can see that you came out on the other end and you're doing really well right right yeah so actually I just recently got Dale Earnhardt's new book and I was so crazy that you even bring that up I was thinking about it this morning I was like you know I should really start that book try to finish it soon just to I've heard it's a great book just to read it I'm not a huge reader so you know stuff like that that is like something I'm interested in I would love you know to read and I actually did a report over Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s wreck in I think third grade and so you know I've learned all about that and we have you know we don't cheat anything on safety we have the best of the best safety gear I have you know a great Simpson helmet and Simpson hybrid and suits and shoes you know we have great partnerships with Simpson. And so having them on my side, you know, to protect me and my safety, you know, no matter how hot it is. And I know a lot of people don't wear the underneath fire, Nomex fireproof underwear, which, you know, everybody's to their own. They've, you know, grown up around it, not wearing it, you know, wearing it. But I've always, you know, worn sh pants and long sleeve shirt under, you know, no circumstances, socks, everything, no mechs underneath. Then I put on a three layer fireproof suit. And some people just think, you know, that's crazy. Why do you need one more extra layer? But when you look at people like Harley White and think how many layers did she have on, but she still got burnt. You don't know when that's going to be your situation. Mm -hmm. You don't know how bad your situation is going to be. It might not ever happen to you in your whole life of racing, but I just always want to be prepared for that moment. I wear a fireproof head sock. I wear everything fireproof, you know, great fireproof gloves from Simpson. Just, you know, me and me and Simpson over the past year, years have had, I've worn Simpson since 
I think my second year in restrictor and ever since then we've grown a great relationship and we trust Simpson and we trust their safety gear and we see how many people run it and how many people, mm-hmm. you know, truly believe in it like we do. And for right. us to have, you know, great safety gear that some people might not have, you know, to be able to pass that along if I've outgrown it or, you know, gotten new. So they're safe too. That means yeah. a lot to me. Oh yeah, for sure. And there, there's, there's no amount of money that is, I mean, it's just worth, it's worth it. It's just a hundred percent worth it to know that you're protected as much as you can be protected. So, you know, that smart decisions, again, goes back to making smart decisions. If you're going to race, then you've got to, you've got to be able to spend the money for those kinds of things. And you have to know that, that that's important. And and you have to know that there is a, a, an element of danger in it. But like I said, I could drive out right here on the right and and there's danger there too but so elizabeth what is the impact you i know you're only 16 but a couple questions here where do you want to go in your career and and someday when you're older like me um what what is the impact that you want to leave on motorsports so i mean i've always said you know i want to travel with the outlaws I want to be a world of outlaws driver you know I think most people say I want to drive NASCAR I want to be in an Xfinity I want to be in a cup car you know like I want to run NASCAR yeah you know that'd be super awesome I haven't ever ran pavement stuff so I don't know you know if I'd like pavement but I think it would be a great opportunity to be able to run a truck car you know a cup car anything and NASCAR even an ARCA car you know it doesn't really matter, just more opportunities opens your driving style a little bit and what you know. But, you know, I've always been a big fan of the Outlaws, you know, um, watch the Outlaws almost every night they run. If they're running the same night as me, we plug it into the TV on the trailer. Always got something running in there, whether it be Outlaws, Power Eye, USAC, it's something. But those guys just have a different level of respect for each other being on the road almost year round with same teams, same crew guys. They don't change very often, you know, same car chiefs. And when those car chiefs do change and it becomes better for the driver, recognize that and really applaud that. But, you know, I've really referenced back to Kings Royal this week and, you know, this whole podcast it was just I don't think that there's there's a lot that you can just reference off of through the Kings Royal that happened this weekend you know with Tyler Courtney and Kyle Larson both starting their first Kings Royals and winning them both to me that's you know just crazy Uh to see you know Tyler Courtney who ran non-wing sprint cars and midgets last year to come run with the all-stars and the outlaws and when his, you know, first ever starting Kings Royal and win the 38th Kings Royal, like that's so awesome. And Kyle Larson, you know, he's won everything from micros to NASCAR and everywhere in between, but it's still, you know, he had a really defeating night the night before and flipped mm-hmm. and, you know, destroyed his car pretty bad. Right. So to be able to rebound like that, you know, is just huge in my eyes to, you know, see, 
he rebounded and he came back and won the Kings Royal. Same with Brad Sweet, you know, blew a tire leading the Kings Royal in front of Tyler Courtney. Yeah. Came back, ended up finishing top 10 in that one. And then, you know, completely shredded a tire in the next one and spun out with his teammate, James McFadden. You know, things happen mm-hmm. with teammates. You can't always, you know, blame it on the other driver, blame it on the other person. It's a racing deal. But, you know, just to kind of see things like that happen is really cool. And, you know, I want people to look up to me as – a well-respected driver you know I don't want to be known as a dirty driver that's not who I am I want to be known as somebody that interacts with their fans you know makes friends with their fans and you know their fans family if it's a little kid if it's an adult you know it doesn't matter to me you know how young or how old they are they're still my fan and I want to be able to interact with them as much as possible and you know from the driver's side it's really easy to say you know I just didn't have time, but from the fan side, you know, they see you watching races in the stands and well, you could have, you know, came and interacted with us while you were watching. So always trying to find the time in the night to make time for your fans is a big deal. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, go sign hero cards, go sign t-shirts, you know, be it, you know, the trailer while they're buying t-shirts to sign them, you know, actually personally hand them their shirts, just kind of, I want to be looked up to in that way of a well-respected driver, a well-respected person just in whole and be known, you know, have a name to myself and be like known as that and just be able to maybe a little might be scared or not know what to do you know their parent be able to text me or you know message me on Facebook and be like hey would you you know talk to little Susie she's scared and you know set up to send her a video or you know a zoom call or something something like that just so you know they can see that you know to be scared I'm scared sometimes whenever I hit the track I don't know what to do but for me, it's just really be known as that person that's always willing to give more than get back. That's, that's awesome. I love hearing, I love hearing that last statement. You want to give more than you get back. And that's, that's going to set you apart from so many people, Elizabeth. You know, um, it's just been a pleasure talking with you today. For 16 years old, you have a lot of wisdom and I, I've really enjoyed hearing you share your story and that I'm going to let you go here in a minute, but is there any last words? Is there anybody you want to thank or any, any last thoughts that you have that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, um, I just like to thank everybody that makes my racing possible. You know, of course we don't just do this without any help. We have amazing, like, I can't stress how amazing they are. I got to thank them a thousand times over. I know a bunch of people hate the saying, I can't thank my sponsors enough, but I really can't, you know, there's nothing. I don't feel like I can give back to them how much they've given to me to make my dreams come true. So, I mean, we're rustic cuff. They were one of my first ever sponsors. They've stuck with me since my first year of junior sprint. 
amazing amazing people if you love bracelets they have men's stuff everything necklaces super super nice you can go visit their website rusticcuff.com rib crib they're super awesome provide us great food I love mac and cheese always give us a big tub of mac and cheese whenever we cater to racetracks so that's super awesome feeding our clan and I mean they send us so much food that we could probably feed the whole entire pit area but you know Simpson race products for like I said you know giving us safety gear and helping us you know learn what the best safety gear is and just partnering with me as a whole to be able to represent their brand and then feeling that I'm a good representation to, to their brand Christian mm-hmm. trucking we have a deal with them so they help us get up the road every weekend and then Classic Chevrolet of Owasso, they actually loan us trucks for speed weeks, weekends, just whatever we need to haul to. And so it's not miles on our personal truck. It's not our personal truck, but they give us super, super nice trucks every weekend to go up and down the road. And so, you know, in return, we try to sell those trucks for them and have a bunch of people ask about them, you know, ever come by the track, just look at it. Doors always unlocked. So, I mean, that, you know, that's just super awesome. Dave Mack and his whole team, they helped me tremendously. Just pointers, you know, loading the car at the shop, whatever it is I need. I can call any of the guys in the shop and be like, hey, I need you to unload my sprint car. I forgot to unload it. My dad's over there supposed to be unloaded. You know, whatever it is, just little things like that. They, you know, help us tremendously in everything we do. My mom actually owns a store called Fieldhouse Gear. And they do screen printing besides our graphic, like big graphic tees. So any of our crew shirts or anything they make for us. And so my mom, of course, is a big part in it. My dad for putting all of his hours into a race car that sometimes he probably wants to drive off of a bridge and <laughs> or drive his daughter off the bridge because I drive him up the walls every week. You know, just <laughs> little things. Uh, I got to shout out Sharp Amazing Inserts. After I had my wreck in 2018, we were told about Sharp Advantage Inserts, and we went and got one before I started back racing. I really think it's changed a lot, my racing. I have refused, you know, to race without it. I won't race without it anymore. My sprint car now, the one time I raced without it was in the midget because we didn't have our second seat yet, but the seat fit like a glove, luckily, so I felt like I had an insert. So, you know, if you know anybody that has been looking to step up their safety a little bit in their seats, uh, talk to Dave Sharpley. He is so amazing. Like, his knowledge is just crazy about what he knows. It was just the little things of you know, you have a little space on your ribs. That's why your spine compressed how it did when you wrecked because it tried to go out instead of going up and down. And that's just not how your spine. Mm -hmm. So see inserts I have recommended to so many people that have wrecked bad. I try to get everybody to get one. It's the best investment probably for your money besides fire suits and other safety gear, but I would rank it right up there with my safety gear. Sure. You know, it's keeping me safe. Um, my vinyl guy is great. Brad Best Breast Gaff Graphics. He does all of our 
cars, the midget, sprint car, micro, everything. He's amazing. So if you have a car in Tulsa, even not in Tulsa, that you need wrapped, you can go see him. Eaton Industrial Coatings. They do all of our powder coating and everything. So that's pretty much my list of sponsors that I can think of right off the top of my head. Pretty big. Um, yeah. And, you know, just anybody that helps me is so amazing. You know, that's, and that's a good list of, of sponsors. And it's, um, you know, um, we're going to list those in the show notes so that people can reach out and find those, those people, especially like you said about the inserts. So um, Elizabeth, again, I've really enjoyed talking with you. I hope at some point I get to watch you race. That's always my goal. And I um, introduce, you know, or get to meet new women that are in racing and my goal is always at some point to be able to watch them in person and, and meet them in person. And so um, hopefully at one point we will get to do that. And I hope you have a great rest of the season. I want you to stay safe. Yes, I hope so. And uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Thank and, you. And yeah. And then we'll, we'll stay in touch and we're going to follow what you're up to. So make sure you, you keep in touch with me and let me know how you're doing. Perfect. I will. Thank All right. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Very good, Elizabeth. That was great.